Welcome to another episode. I am V and this is the Sussex Set. So this week I want to focus on uh, the SmartWorks charity. And I want to do something a little bit different this week because I love this charity so much. Uh, But just a little background, this week's charity is SmartWorks. SmartWorks provides high quality clothes and interview training to unemployed women in need in in the London area, but they're actually all over England. They're in Birmingham and, um, like, Reading, I believe, a couple of other places. But they give women confidence, the self-belief, and the practical tools required to succeed at an interview. And that is often the first step in transforming their lives. Um, so, like I said, I want to do something a little bit different. Instead of just going right into who they are and what they're about, I want to let two women who were helped by the SmartWorks charity tell their stories. On the YouTube channel, there will be a video component. Obviously, on the podcast, there can only be audio. So if you're interested in seeing the actual video, make sure you check the link in the description and uh, check that out. When you're out of work, you're not doing anything. It was just, I don't care what I look like. I didn't care at all. It was just, oh, sod it, throw them back on again. I don't care. Clothes weren't really important to me. I would just grab anything out of the wardrobe to not stand out, but just to blend in. When I used to open up my wardrobe, the thing that stood out to me was my cheerleading uniform. It used to remind me of the person that I used to be. Then when I'd look at myself, I'd see someone who didn't feel they had any worth. I was unemployed for almost nine months, applying for a minimum of six jobs a day. It's just the same thing, day in, day out. And after a few weeks, sort of start feeling a bit worthless. Everything sort of closes in. It's like you start having tunnel vision. You can't see out of that hole. I was brought up by my grandparents. My granddad was a strong character. He was that type of person that didn't want you to walk around feeling sorry for yourself. Do you remember Grandad that day when he was dancing? When my granddad got cancer, I had just applied for my level three diploma, nursing, and I didn't pursue it. I stayed to support my grandma and my granddad and help look after him at home. And at the time I thought I've like blew my chance. I felt really bad and I felt like I let my children down. My university thought that because of my depression, I should take a year out. I was in a really bad place. Mentally, I was really not very well. There was this dream job that I was hoping to get, and obviously my self-esteem was 
pretty much non-existent. I just felt absolutely worthless and I just didn't see a reason to go on. I applied for a job as a healthcare assistant and I was accepted for a job interview. The job centre suggested that I come along to SmartWorks. SmartWorks provide interview clothing, interview preparation, just help give you that bit of confidence that, that everyone needs. SmartWorks made me realise that the experience I had that I had in the past with my grandfather was actually a unique selling point. It wasn't something that I should be ashamed of or feel that I missed out of my chance to do it before. It sort of took a big weight from your shoulders immediately that you walked in the door. It just felt so good that somebody had taken an interest in me. They greet you with a big, big smile. They shake your hand at the door. They just like woman to woman. It's really um, a natural experience. I didn't feel shy to get changed, to let them help unbutton me. It was the first time in a long time that I'd ever felt good about myself. I felt like maybe, yeah, maybe I do deserve to have nice things. And maybe I'm not worthless. As soon as you walk out of that dressing room and look at yourself in the mirror, you think, oh, you have to look twice. Is that really me? <laughs> and it is. And then when you go for the interview and you get the job, it's like, wow, can't believe I did it. Got the job. I got the job. <laughs> I just look like a normal member of the public going off to work, and I love it. I've been offered an internship. I don't know how they've done it, but they found a way to help me get back to building up the person that I once was. They made me feel like a person again. They made me feel like I counted, that I was part of society, not just another CV. Women are referred to the SmartWorks charity from organizations such as job centers, work programs, prisons, care homes, homeless shelters, and mental health charities. Half of the women have been unsuccessful in over 20 job applications. A third of them have been turned down from over 50 jobs, and all of them are suffering from a lack of confidence in their own abilities. But the magic begins, the smart works magic, you know. It begins when she enters the dressing room and she is styled into her new outfit. And it is hers to keep, styled by trained volunteers. She looks in the mirror. She sees a new and impressive version of herself. And this is followed by one-on-one -on -one interview coaching, after which 60% of their clients go on to get the job. That's huge. Now, here's what they do. Each client receives that one-on-one -on -one interview preparation and coaching session from an experienced HR professional or senior manager. The interview session focuses on increasing the awareness of her own strengths, answering questions effectively, and understanding what is expected of her 
at that interview. Once a SmartWorks client is successful at her interview, they're welcomed back for a second dressing to receive five additional pieces of clothing. This means that they can start their new role with a capsule working wardrobe, which will see them through until their first paycheck. And when their clients re-enter the workplace, they are encouraged to join the SmartWorks Network, which is a membership group of women who have recently returned to work. The network meets on a monthly basis to further their professional and personal development, helping and motivating one another to succeed. That's incredible, isn't it? I mean, going above and beyond, not just helping people get the job and to look good doing it and to be confident in the interview, but to help them maintain the confidence that they've gained on the job. And then I'm sure they turn around and pay it forward to help someone else coming through the door who needs that confidence boost. Actually, if you go to their website, they have um, a tab where there are case studies of women who have gone through SmartWorks, gotten a job, and told their stories. One woman, I believe she was unemployed for six months, and she ended up getting a job at Google in London. So definitely go on the website. Please check them out. How can you get involved? You can donate clothes. You can donate money. You can start a fashion drive. You can shop for SmartWorks where you, you know, hold SmartWorks shopping events at your workplace, whether you work at a boutique or, you know, at an office. Uh, SmartWorks shows up. In that case, they show up with their curated pop-up shop for your team to shop through, um, as well as informing you and your colleagues um, more about the important works that SmartWorks does. You can fundraise for SmartWorks. You can partner with SmartWorks um, or, you know, you can just volunteer your time. So please go to smartworks.org.uk to see the great things that this charity is doing and how they are helping women to help themselves. Okay, this is truly what it means to empower women. In my opinion, you show women that a part of empowerment comes from empowering others. So uh, it's easy to see why Megan chose this as one of her patronages. So if you are in London, Edinburgh, Reading, Greater Manchester, Birmingham, or Newcastle, SmartWorks is in those locations. I believe um, I believe they're working on trying to get them in like three or four additional locations. So if you're in one of those cities, please check them out if you're interested, uh, just volunteering your time or donating Um Please go to the website and see how you can get involved. So let's get into it. I mean, I don't really think this episode will be long at all, to be quite honest. Um, but let's get into some goings on. Big congratulations to St. Catherine of Middleton. Um, she opened a garden <laughs> at the Chelsea Flower Show. Uh, I'm being, I'm being messy because I'm a messy bitch but you know um not really yeah actually yes I am but uh she yes yeah, she opened a flower show uh at the Chelsea flower show um opened a garden I mean <laughs> and um she named it back to nature you know um the garden encourages children to spend more time outdoors uh not children under five but children none nonetheless 
I hear there's some establishment-wide policy that uh, prevents children <laughs> five and under from being able to show up and enjoy themselves. Uh, but that I don't think that has anything to do with CAPE in particular. But um, yeah, I mean, all of her kids are like under five. So it's kind of, it was a little bit misleading, I think, to uh, promote the garden with your children, but then people who have children the same age as yours can't come. Is she? You don't make the rules, I guess. But uh, yeah, no. I mean, I think that photo that that photo op was a little bit tone deaf. But photo ops on fleek, you feel me? Um, but you know, speaking of photo ops, can I just say that um, Catherine of Cambridge, um, Catherine Catherine Windsor girl, uh, Kate Kate the Great, you feel me? Um. Can you stop using little black babies for your photo ops? Can you? Can you do that? Um, this is all I ask. Um, it's particularly irksome to me. But, um, you know, we know that, just speaking quite honestly here, um, it's evident, right, that um, Megan kind of has them shook a little bit, kind of got everybody shook the whole media shook um but you know we see we see some of the changes the cambridges are making and they they weren't concerned with these changes before megan showed up so yeah she got you shook but um that's evident and that's okay that's not even shade um but you know i i just think it's best to kind of like rip the band-aid off right now like we know there's a new black person in the royal family and that's cool but the worst thing a non-woke white person can do is, like, try to prove how down with the brown they are. That just makes us cringe, if I'm just being honest here. Um, just be you. Just be you, boo. That's it. You know, you don't need to feel like you got to, like, hog all the black kids for yourself. Let them breathe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stop trying to recreate things. And this is just my my two cents. This is my opinion, you know. But stop trying to recreate things that your mother-in-law, your brother-in-law, and your sister-in-law do naturally. You know, that's just not you, but that's okay. I just want to establish it. It's okay to be you exactly as you are. Now, having an Instagram interspersed with little black faces won't win you the points from the people you're obviously targeting. Instead, just try to be authentically you. We know you are shy. And shy folks have an uphill battle when it comes to coming off as genuinely as possible, as warm as possible, I should say. Despite their best intentions, shy folks often have, they don't have the luxury of, of being in the moment because they're too far into their own thoughts. They're too deep into their own heads. And I get that. I have empathy for it. But um, doing the opposite of being authentic, in effect, plucking brown faces out of the crowd so that you can be photographed, smiling in a picture with them, that's silly as fuck, sis. Fire whoever told you that was a good idea. 
because everybody can see through it. You probably mean well. And maybe you don't. Girl, I don't know your life. I don't know. But in order for me to buy what you're selling, your track record needs to be in support of your day-to-day PR choices, if that makes sense. At the moment, those two things don't align. Take some time to get those together. But given that this is your first major project in a near decade as a royal, there's much more work to be done. Much more. So let's not just hit it and quit it. We know that Harry and Meghan lit a fire under you guys. And y'all are kind of all discombobulated. And you might be feeling overshadowed. That's not anybody's fault. It's not Megan's. It's not Harry's. It's not yours. But don't even pay attention to what your perceived standing is. Just be the best you that you can be. If you see Harry in a picture with a bunch of black kids, don't go out and try to find you some. Just chill. Just chill. Just chillax. If you hear about Megan and some little black girls talking about shea moisture and cocoa butter, relax. You don't have to have all the tea. And you don't have to convince people that you got cred. We already know you don't. And that's okay. Let me reemphasize, that's okay. It truly is. Because what people respect is authenticity, because that takes courage. They don't respect the hubris that comes from using and manipulating black bodies for personal gain, even if the gain is just a few likes. That is not okay. And it never was. So stop it. But no, other than that, I mean, it's a beautiful garden. The architects, the designers, the engineers, whatever job title that <laughs> that is, um, that goes into creating a garden that beautiful. I say good job in bringing that to life. You know, it has lots of interesting features, great gowns, beautiful gowns. It's cute. If you are in the London area and you want to go to the flower show, hit them up. You know, if you go see the Back to Nature Garden, make sure you go see the Camp Fair Garden too, sis. It's called Giving Girls in Africa Space to Grow, hashtag see growth. Congrats to Camp Fair and to the designer of that great garden. They won gold in their category. Congrats to them. Check them out. So now that I have that out of the way... You feel me off my chest because that irked me to no end. But, um, you know, I just want to give a few takeaways on that, you know, that Gail King special. I I went into it already expecting it to be pretty, um, pretty middle of the road. You know, the average viewer probably doesn't know as much as we know, right, about Megan, what she's done this past year, about her and Harry, what they plan to do. Um, all of that, especially in America. So um, we're not immersed in in the headlines and all of that like uh, like people are over there, understandably, you know. But uh, I just want to give three takeaways from there. Um, 
you know, I expected it to be a little bit watered down, obviously. But uh, first and foremost, you know, Megan has some great friends. Like, that's evident. I think we knew that before. You know, you didn't have a whole lot of people before she got married coming out just trying to get their, you know, their limelight. It was really just their fa- her family, you know. Um, but the people in her life really respect her. And that says a lot about her. It shows what kind of friend she is to them. Um, you know, there are so many people ready and willing to speak up on her behalf, whether they are speaking out like George Clooney or they're anonymous like they were in that People article. You know, but uh, I hate that her friends actually feel the need to debunk the bullshit articles and headlines, because in a way that kind of gives them weight in a way. But I'm glad Megan has people to go to bat for her like that. Uh, And it's very hard. I would imagine if if Megan is my good friend and I've known her for years, it would be hard to sit back and and read some of that bullshit. So it's a it's a double edged sword. You kind of have to talk about it in order to debunk it. But. Um, fuck those fucking reporters, man. Just giving them, giving them more, <laughs> more shine than they deserve, you know. But uh, I thought Daniel was just plain old adorable. You know, he clearly cares about Megan a great deal, and um, it was good to see her friends on there speaking up on her behalf because uh, she can't really speak out and say anything. But secondly, you know, um. Ooh, a lot of people in England are truly just plain old racist, though. That's one. That's a second takeaway. And yeah, you know, one person can speak for a whole group of people. That's not what I'm trying to say is, at all. But like the fact that this lady, there was this lady, I think her name was Ingrid something. Um, she's on record as saying in the show, not saying that that was a belief that she held, but maybe it was that, um, Oh, yeah, we love Harry. We just don't like Megan. Like, what the fuck? Like, that really disappointed me. Like, you feel so comfortable even just saying that. Then you know that there's truth behind it. And, of course, we knew that. We see the hypocrisy. We see the double standards. But, like, to openly to openly say that means that, um, like, there's some real hatred there. And that's so disappointing. So, like... We know that the press has shown that. You know, we you always know that there will be people that feel that way. But when they went into the bad press segment of how, like, after the tour, the British press turned against Megan, they could only talk about Megan. So that kind of supported what the lady said about people loving Harry but not Megan because all of the headlines were all shitting on Megan, you know. And you take the last year, cumulatively, I would probably say 95% of them are directed at Megan. Out of the Sussexes, it's not directed at Harry. It's directed at Megan because even in the press, you can see it. They love Harry. They respect Harry. They... They might be irritated with him, the fact that he's super protective of his family, which, bitch, deal with it. But, like, Harry still represents a piece of the monarchy, and there's respect for the monarchy. But then, you know, we see people calling Meghan an interloper. We saw that in the very beginning, you know? And the press is essentially treating her like that. Now, I don't know what percentage, because I ain't on the ground over there. I don't know what percentage of 
of English people actually don't like Megan. I don't even know what percentage of English folks give a fuck about any of this royal watching stuff. Um, but it just it's very telling <laughs> that a person will go on TV and say that. But then you look at the evidence, you see they focus all of their hate on Megan. Um, I thought Gail did a good job with having people debunk the claims um, from the negative headlines. But it's still disheartening that, you know, when you think about it, there are people who can't love who Harry chose for himself. Like you love this man, but you hate his wife. And we know you only hate her for one reason. And then given that Megan is the most likable person in the family, my opinion, yes, I'm a little bit biased, but she's a very likable person. She's a real person. She's warm. You know, you can't ignore those types of things, but you still hate her. Like to me, that doesn't make sense. The only way to say that it makes sense is to look at the race element. But, you know, shouldn't you hate Harry for choosing her? Instead of hating her, like hate Harry, but you can't bring yourself to do that. They love Harry, but they can't stand that the person Harry has chosen to spend his life with is not someone that they see themselves in. It's bonkers. It's bonkers. Um, so yeah, now like that, that part was definitely eye opening for me. And thirdly, like who is the Mehive? Mayhive? Mayhive or Mehive? <laughs> like that was a little bit like newsy. And what I mean by that is that like, and this is such a small gripe, but like, I think Gail kind of did the journalist thing where she went to another journalist to, talk about Megan's fan base and that that journalist was sort of opportunistic and saying, oh yeah, I came up with that. You know, whether they actually did or not, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't like the fact that a journalist kind of spoke for a fan base given given what we kind of feel about uh, how some of these people are doing their jobs. But, um, you know, the lady called herself a fan, in which I don't doubt that she is. Um, and that's all fine and well. But anyone who knows this Twitter shit you know that we don't refer to ourselves as the Mayhive. That doesn't even sound right. And I'll, I'll <laughs> like, that's, I'll put it to you this way. Mayhive. I know her name is Megan, right? But over here, some of our white brothers and sisters, they call Beyonce Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce. So they call it the Bayhive. Because Bayhive and Mayhive rhyme. So it's just kind of like, I'm sorry, I'm like really, like really getting into something that doesn't matter. But it's like, we don't even call ourselves that. You know, so it's just kind of like you went to this white lady who is kind of sort of taking credit for giving the fan base a name. And the fan base doesn't even call themselves that. It, it just, I guess it's kind of how like the news industry works. You go to another source who may know somebody or y'all have a mutual friend and you just put them on TV because they got a publication or something. I don't know. Um, but that kind of irked me. But um, yeah, like they cut to the B-roll of the lady saying that she created and it just kind of made me roll my eyes a little bit. But um, especially given that the Sussex Squad is a vocal fan base by all appearances and we are primarily composed of black women. That is not to say 
that it is limited to black women because I love all of us in all of our shades. You know what I'm saying? Then they showed all the tweets. <laughs> like they did the pictures of all the of the tweets of uh, Megan supporters. And each tweet had hashtag Sussex Squad. I'm like, see, like it's right there. But um, to me, the, the most irksome thing about that, though, was like when they were talking about how as a group online, we raised money ahead of the birth of Archie. And they talked about Megan referring, you know, like referring to us or to uh, the global Sussex baby shower. She even used the hashtag. They didn't even say the hashtag on the special. That was really one of the most remarkable things. Like that made global news, and that was a missed opportunity. They didn't even say anything about that hashtag. And really, if you even just looked at that deep enough, you would see that that hashtag oftentimes was tweeted with the Sussex Squad hashtag. But then also it's like annoying because you didn't even like mention free peeper. So you mention the thing that she started, but you don't mention it by name. And then you don't mention the originator of that, which is actually like movement and in, in good being done in the world. As opposed to just, you know, sitting behind a computer and saying, oh, yeah, I created the Mayhive hashtag. Girl, the problem is who asked you? And the problem with that is Gail King asked you. So I didn't like that because... Come on, Gail. <laughs> like you already know, get in, get in touch with a few more folks who are on Twitter and realize that. Um, and no shade to anybody who actually loves the, you know, Mayhive, Mayhive hashtag. I just that just kind of threw me off. Um, but, yeah, I just don't I just don't like um, the idea of an establishment, the media establishment, renaming something that sort of was created organically by Largely by women and women of color. So that's just my little gripe. Agree, disagree. Just putting that out there. Overall, though, I thought that it was done very well. Um, the Harry and Megan plus one. Megan and Harry plus one. I think that was it. That's the official name. But um, Megan clearly means a lot to little black girls in America and all over the world. Little girls of color all over the world. Um and I thought they highlighted that very well. So congrats to Gail because she won her time slot, uh, at least in America, on that um, that special. So if you watched it, I hope you enjoyed it. And speaking of Les Sussex Squad, <laughs> you feel me? Because I'm trilingual too. Anyway, speaking of the Sussex, I'm not squad <laughs> all the Sussex squad peeps I just got to thank you one more time all of those who sent in voicemail messages to uh, Tina and Michelle and you know sending those to Harry and Megan and Archie for their one year anniversary um, I was really just moved putting that whole episode together each podcast my Duke and I Sussex squad podcast and, and this podcast we all put out an episode with those same voicemail messages. So um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, please do yourself a favor. And even just listen to like half an episode. It's only like an hour, but it goes by really quickly because you get to, you know, you get to hear the love and positivity and the intention coming from each and every person um, that you probably interact with, you know, on Twitter. Uh, and I, I soaked up every single one of them um, from the Sussex squad. Each has its own meaning. <clears throat> and each of your voices carries a story with it, you know. Um, 
And so it's a powerful collection. So if you haven't heard the anniversary episode, please do yourself a favor and just check it out. Otherwise, you're missing out. Um, And I truly feel within my heart at some point, (laughs) Harry and Meghan will hear your voices. Trust and believe that they will. Um, Because they know who Sussex Squad is. You feel me? To Sussex Squad on Twitter. Um, I just got to say, I love how live we are. How we defend Megan and Harry. And call out double standards, you feel me? And how we make people answer for their words and all of that. Um, that said, and I'm speaking for myself. I don't presume to speak for other people. I ain't going to never do that. Because I don't like people speaking for me. But I will say, I... I'm not somebody who will go back and forth with like royal reporters online. I just don't do it. I don't argue with nobody. Definitely not finna argue with nobody on Twitter or Instagram. You know, maybe about, no, let's say maybe about seven, eight years ago, I used to do that. But I ain't finna do that. I'm I'm not finna argue with strangers on the internet. You feel me? Um, And so... I only say that to say that I hope you don't spend too much time doing that um, and wasting time on on people who look to goad you into an argument because um, truthfully, a lot of these folks, yeah, we know we got the royal reporters, but it'd be a lot of trolls and stuff coming for coming from coming for me too, uh, but coming for people who they know are true Megan and Harry fans and they just try to goad you into something that doesn't make you feel like you know doesn't make you proud you know um but in terms of the royal reporters like they're all chasing profit that's all they're doing Megan and Harry Harry's working but Megan is happily enjoying her time as a new mother she's on maternity leave you know and their ship is very tight so they don't have any information but yet they still put the word Megan, the word Archie, and the word Sussex and Harry in their articles and in their headlines as much as they can. They're profit chasers. So we hate seeing those headlines, especially when we know their lies, but know what they're doing. And I think in engaging engaging in those types of things, um, whether they feel contempt for us as a fan base personally or not, um, they love it. They love it because that means if we're talking about it, that means somebody else has a chance to see that conversation happening. So if you reply to a Roy reporter on some shit that you know he's just tweeting out, you know, for bull, just just for, what do you call it, kicks and giggles. If you reply to somebody, somebody's going to see his tweet and your tweet. Doesn't matter whether they follow you or not. They could be a layperson. And, you know, but then you got this person who's not really having an opinion one way or the other all of a sudden now knowing who Richard Palmer is or whoever the fuck else you know what I mean I've only seen his screenshots a lot so um I do know him by name but um fuck them hoes you feel me you ain't gotta take that tack but that's the one I take I'm not gonna engage with them because they're just a waste of my time you know um Initially, you think, in which we we all thought this in the beginning, that, you know, we could hold them to a higher standard because they're journalists. 
whether they're tabloid journalists or not, we have a, a route to talk to them and a route to tell them why the things that they're saying are wrong or how they could do them better. At a certain point, we should have all seen that they're not intending on doing nothing the right way. They're doing it all for profit. You know what I mean? So most folks, a lot of folks have just said, fuck it, I'm not, I'm not even going down that rabbit hole because they want you down there with them. You know what I mean? Um, but some people are still engaging. Do what you got to do. Uh, but just know when it's kind of like diminishing returns or no returns at all, girl. But um, what do we know? We know that the media is, is racist. We know they hate Megan um, because she is not white. That's my opinion. But that's something that is, yeah, yeah. You can look at some of the things, particularly female, white female journalists have said, very sly, uh, very passive aggressive and uh, very racist. Um, we know that they don't usually, you can disagree with that. I don't care, but that's my view. Um, if they don't, you know, if the people that are writing don't necessarily dislike Megan because she's a brown woman, um, they surely write on behalf of those who do. So it's either one or the other or both. Um, we know they make money because of it. And they know that Megan and especially Harry don't respect them. So that makes them even more angry, if you will, or more reckless. I'll put it that way. Because as long as they're making money, they're not really going to be angry, but they will be reckless because any attention, any any kind of click, they're going to welcome it. So um, then you add into the fact that Megan and Harry have moved from messy-ass Kensington Palace and the press has no snitches to come to them. They have nobody in, on the staff that's going to be doing all these leaks, these anonymous palace sources. They don't have that. So um, at least not into... not to the degree that they did um and then Megan and Harry have Sarah Latham <laughs> you know what I mean so of course the press is grasping for straw so that's just another another reason to look at it as um just not not conducive to time well spent um but with that said we can expect exactly what is happening to continue to happen you know um, I look at it like this. The British media is kind of like a child having a tantrum. And Harry and Meghan are essentially ignoring the child and the tantrum, you know. And the child having the tantrum doesn't fucking like it, you know. But it's not like they've ever been kind to Harry and Meghan. And you can argue that they haven't even been fair to them. So my logic is this. If Harry and Meghan aren't even giving them the attention, then why the hell would I give them mine? So I hope you reconsider giving them yours because they damn shell don't deserve it. You know, and so, yes, if you think we miss Meghan, oh, they really miss Meghan. And they know that their cash cow is happily out of the public eye. So what are they going to do? They're just going to make up shit. Or anything that has just a tiny little grain of truth, they're going to blow it up into something that is completely misleading because, you know, that gets the people going. That gets the people that they're writing for, that gets them going. And so I'm just asking you to stop letting them manipulate your attention toward their lies, you know. Um, 
and you know who their audience is it's the people who want to believe lies about Megan. You know, they want to believe that Megan had just got done completing her whole phase just before she met Harry. Which, by the way, and I hope you will agree, that would be her fucking right. That's not the case, but that wouldn't be anybody's business but hers, you know what I mean? But her harmless text message, for example, to a dude is manipulated by the papers as something completely different from what it was. So does that irk me? Yes. Because I know how fucked up it is for black women when it comes to stereotypes. And I know they're only feeding a certain narrative about her that they have created. But I just think the lesser of two evils is ignoring it completely because by giving it my attention, I give it power. Simple as that. And we all do. So... Imagine for a second that, like, Megan and Harry, they came out and they went toe-to-toe with every journalist and reporter who ever told a lie about them. Those fucking reporters would love every minute of that. Their profits would multiply, and Harry and Megan will be no better off for it. So, they don't give it their time. I don't see why, you know, why we should either. Unless it's something that's just so egregious. But really, if you look at it all together, it's all egregious. Um, you know, and I, I can see the difficulty difficulty of even just saying nothing, too. Because you, you can look at a lie, you can see it's a lie, and you just say, oh, wait, but that's not right. But that's something that <clears throat> I'll say as a black American I've already experienced <laughs> with Obama. You know what I mean? Once you realize they ain't going to never stop telling no fucking lies. And at this point, we're not even talking about just the media. Although there was some media that told told the truth. You get up into, this is a little bit of a tangent, but you get into the politicians who are supposed to be working with the president telling lies about him just because he's black or not debunking what they know are lies, like he's Kenyan or like he's Muslim or like he wasn't born in America. You know what I'm saying? So those same types of lies told about Megan all serve to feed the fucking people who never saw it for her and Harry anyway. Now, I believe Harry and Megan take names just because they're not out here, you know, publicly or privately going toe-to-toe and, you know, with, with the, the folks who are telling lies about them, that doesn't mean they don't know who told what lie or that they don't have a running list. Because I believe it would be smart for them to keep a list of people, you know, that have said some real foul or questionable things about them. Um, and half of the people who are writing about them, they already know there if there is a list, they're on the shit list. So they don't have any incentive to stop. So I don't know. I just don't do it to myself. So all that being said, I know exactly where some of y'all are coming from. You know, I recognize the fight and the need for it. After all, this is the same press that essentially punished Harry and Meghan for celebrating their anniversary on their anniversary. You know, so I totally get it. Of course, the Cambridge friends, they got mad. Some of them did. And um, they got mad at the Sussexes because who else are they going to get mad at? That's their favorite target. Um, They got mad at them for posting on Prince Louis's birthday back when we were still waiting for the baby. And, of course, the press played that up, too. But if I recall, 
during Will and Kate's anniversary. Kate received a gift from the queen. They posted a photo. And for the most part, people left them the hell alone. Harry and Meghan didn't even post on that day, I don't believe. Yet, on Harry and Meghan's first year, of course, KP essentially did exactly what KP fans criticize. Those fucking hypocrites. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They posted pictures of George and Charlotte and Louis who are fucking adorable. Like, I, kids, you know, you will never hear me say a foul thing about a child, you know, because um, they, don't, they don't choose any of it, you know. But, um, yeah, and the thing is, people should, they should be able to post both accounts whenever, whomever, however they want without it being an issue, Um but it's just a lot of times people are just hypocritical about things and anything that Sussexes do, oh my God, they just have to, they just have to go in on it and, and call it, you know, shade. Oh, you're shading the account. It is not Harry and Meghan's fault that they're, they're more popular, at least on social media. It ain't, it ain't their fault that their fucking kids feet has more likes than the queen. You know what I'm saying? It is not their fault that they have the top five most liked images on Instagram from anyone in the royal family. It is not their fault. It's not like they're just throwing their weight around and saying, oh, oh, that's so cute. Yeah, you know what? You posted your child's first first birthday picture. Watch this, bitch. Blam. A Sussex post that gets five million likes. They don't do that. <laughs> they don't do that, but it's not their, it's no one's fault. You know what I mean? I think people are paying too much attention to uh, numbers and not, um, actual like works and deeds and impact and things so um I do expect um Kensington Palace's strategy to continue to evolve you know from their uh social media strategy and we see Kate has a new stylist which is which is awesome you know um I don't remember them making a big fuss out of her first stylist that left, like they do everybody that that leaves it, the Sussex staff. But uh, yeah, um, hopefully they'll continue to tweak some things. Um, but you know, I think part of the strategy will be to see them more while Megan is um, on maternity leave with her new baby. I think that would be an opportunity for her to actually really just get out there, you know, in a way that she hasn't before. And I'm talking about Kate here. Um, and, you know, they're lucky. The Cambridges are lucky that no one at this point with Megan's arrival, nobody criticizes and scrutinizes every little thing that they do in the way that they do Megan. And so um, she's left to work in peace. So I hope she takes this opportunity, both her and Will, you know, as an opportunity to show themselves as being people that give a damn, you know, and the media can help with that. Instead of the media praising Will and Kate for the things that they didn't do, you know, um, zero in on the impacts that they have made, zero in on the impacts that they can make, hold them to, you know, that standard. You know, not just the things they talk about or the cliches they speak in, but like the lives that they change. Speeches are great and a garden is a start. But eight years as a Duke and Duchess, I wanted to by now to be able to see a trail of stories that follow Will and Kate, you know, about the kinds of people that they are, you know, about how they care for their fellow man. Because Cambridge fans and Megan haters 
miss that important piece. Who you are influences what you do and how you treat people. So you won't treat people as props, for example, when you see their humanity in the first place. It just You just won't do it because it's not in you to. But if you're always sitting on high and looking down low at the people, then the people won't relate to you. And then you won't relate to them and you'll do dumb things like taking pictures with a bunch of black kids just because they're there. You know, when Megan and Harry speak to a person, whether you hear sound or not, you can see that there is an emotional conversation happening and people tune in. The people that they're actually talking to tune in. You know, they're not thinking about what they're going to say next. They're listening. They're speaking and they're listening. They're having a true conversation. And, you know, conversing is kind of an art, you know, but you have to truly be at ease with yourself in order to draw someone in, especially if you're someone like Harry, like Megan, like Beyonce, like Obama. Like that's one of the things I've always been impressed with about Obama. He's this larger than life person. I know <laughs> I bring him up a lot, but I, I love him and Michelle. But I've seen a lot of footage of him, obviously, when he's running for president, because I don't know if y'all know over here, it takes bitches two years to run for president. OK, so I watched a lot of interviews in the you know 2006, 2007 era. And I've always been amazed at how just regular people that when they talk to him, you don't you no longer see Obama. You no longer see the president running for reelection because he's just relating to you as a human being. I think the Cambridges need to work on that. I think Harry and Meghan have that down packed because that's a big part of who they are. I think Will and Kate are a little bit more afraid of being judged, which truly it's like. You're going to be judged no matter what because of where you are in the family. So you might as well get used to it and forget about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's easier said than done. I'm not them. But in your position, you kind of have a responsibility to relate to people. Hopefully that's a part of their, tr- their strategy change. And what I love about like Harry and Megan is like when they're talking to someone, you, a handler cannot rush them out of that conversation. It doesn't matter where they got to be you know, who they have to talk to next, they're not going to be done with that conversation until they're done. They do not get handled. I think the Cambridges, they get handled a little bit, you know. Um, But I respect that. I respect that. uh, I can't remember what it was. I think it was the same day that um, Megan wore that black skirt. She was pregnant. She wore a white blouse with it. And um, she had her hair tied back. Um, And she talked to a woman who her son was dealing with some mental illnesses. I think her son might have been a veteran. He might have committed suicide. I'm not sure. Sorry, I didn't fact check that. But they wore a wristband. The lady asked him to wear that wristband. And they were talking to him and talking to her. And the people said, "Okay, it's time to go. We got to go get we got to go to this place because we don't want to be late. And they said, well, we'll let you know when we're done. And they continue to talk to that lady. They recognize her humanity. So I, I, that's just another one of the reasons why you just respect them. And I think the media trying to dim their light only makes the media look bad. You know, it just makes them look dumb. They should be holding Will and Kate to a higher standard instead of trying to bring the Sussexes down. I know that's one of the refrains that we've kind of repeated over the course of the past year or so, but... 
it's never not going to be relevant as long as <laughs> as long as that's not being done. As long as tearing down the Sussexes in order to prop up the Cambridges is something that's done, then I think um, it will continue to be repeated. You know, they're your future king. They're your future queen. So, um, you know, they're treating Meghan and Harry as if they're the first in line and not the sixth. But just last year, like they told us that they would be irrelevant. So um, now that you see that they're more relevant than ever and relevant to people, you know, um, it became some sort of weird, unnecessary competition between the houses with the help of the media and the media's encouragement, of course. Uh, but if the Cambridges had been on their jobs, you know, if they were the true go-getters that truly the, the royal family needs and not sitting back on their privilege for all those years, and but instead like changing lives, I'm sure there would be much more respect for them in the Sussex squad and online, as well as all over the world. But um, that's not the impression from them we got. So um, <laughs> that is not our fault. But uh, I think it's a failure on the British media's part, for sure. Um, I think the people of England and the people of the Commonwealth certainly deserve better. And while this is not shade, I truly believe that the Queen... And her infinite wisdom now left the Queen's Commonwealth Trust to Harry and Meghan for that specific reason. Much to the chagrin of William Arthur Philip Lewis. Despite the fact that he is the one who will be king. And now we're talking about essentially the future of the Commonwealth. So the Queen knows that the Commonwealth won't be let down with Harry and Meghan. And that the Commonwealth actually relates to Harry and Meghan in a way that the Cambridges, eight years in, have yet to allow. So the Queen did what she had to do. Are the Cambridges trying? Yes. Is it largely because they feel like they've perhaps lost a little standing? Probably. You know, but... They could have coasted for the rest of their lives. Yeah, they do an engagement here or there, but they appear to finally be working, which is great. I hope they maintain that because, you know, they kind of like I said, they kind of hit it and quit it <laughs> a little bit. But um, I want to see them really get their hands dirty. Megan and Harry, you know, maybe they threaten to make them look bad. So, yes, they keep working to keep from being embarrassed, I'd imagine. But um Instead of comparing yourself, that's like me trying to compare myself to Beyonce. I'm going to do me. I, there's no reason for me to compare myself to Beyonce. I already know I don't look as good. I don't sing as well. I don't dance like that. We got different interests. So instead of me trying to compete with Beyonce, let me just compete with myself. Let me be the better duchess, that I, you know, better than I was yesterday. I mean, you know what I mean? Let me be a better Duke of Cambridge. Um... But I think the media has a responsibility to hold all of them, all four of them, to higher standards, not just Harry and Meghan. Because Harry and Meghan, you're holding them to the highest impossible standard. Um, and just because who they are, they're going to eclipse any, <laughs> like any obstacle that you put in their way no matter what. But they're not the ones who are going to be on the throne, you know. 
But that's neither here nor there. Speaking of Harry, I just want to say, you know, on the on the other side of their anniversary, uh, as they make their way toward year two, you know, I just want to take a moment to commend him for being the kind of man that his mother always envisioned him becoming. Like, I've been thinking about that a lot, just thinking about their anniversary and um, just seeing Harry as just, he's just a grown man now, <laughs> you know, uh, despite the loss of his mother, which is an enormous loss, um, despite the feelings of numbness and loneliness that he experienced in his teens and his 20s, he's become the man who respects, honors, and protects his wife. That's a big deal. <laughs> it's, 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 it's something that should happen anyway, but that's not the model he grew up with, you know? And Harry, with an almost stoic deliberateness, became the type of man that he knew his mother longed for and deserved. That I certainly respect. And I think being a good man and a loving husband is what makes his mother the proudest. So uh, I think that is him walking in her legacy, without a doubt. Yes, he's doing a lot of other great things, but in just being a good man, I think um, he honors his mother, I think, to the highest degree. And, you know, Doria didn't have a cakewalk either. Look at who she married. Just saying, you know. But she didn't turn bitter, and if she had, nobody would blame her. You know, but she made sure that her only child made it to womanhood with a zest for life and a kind heart to match. You know, Harry and Meghan are not perfect. I know I stand, but they're not perfect. You know, and we might want to believe they are, but they're not. But together, they are an impressive duo. And I will continue to wish them the best because they show me the importance that they place on being good people. And I am never going to argue with that. So um, I hope you got a chance to see their um, wedding anniversary video. I thought it was so cute. Uh, it was lovely. It was actually really touching, too. Um, I thought the the gospel choir was a really nice touch. And I know they played that or they sang that um, a year ago when they got married. And they left to get into the carriage. I know that song. They were singing that song. But um you know, she's just telling you one year in, you know, she will not let her light be dimmed. And she will not dim her light for anybody else. You know, no, she will not let you steal her joy. The joy of being a new mom and a wife to a wonderful man, honey. Yes, she will still be a princess when her haters wake up the next day. And she's saying as much what that song, which is often thought of as a Negro spiritual and was one of the anthems of the civil rights movement. She said it when she chose it for her wedding and she's saying it still. I don't think y'all hear me. Megan and Harry might not be able to say much the way they want to or the way they may, may even say to each other in conversation about the going zones. But, um... They show you a lot of things if you really just look into them. So shout out to um, 
Chantel from Brooklyn. <laughs> I don't know if y'all caught that, but on one of the messages to Harry and Meghan, she was like, you know, I just want to thank Meghan for the Black Royal Wedding. <laughs> I thought that was the like the most adorable thing. But um, it's kind of true, though, because like, you know. Yeah, you know, I thought like by comparison. That was very true. Uh, sis said her choir is going to be black. Her cello is going to be black. Her preacher going to be black, you know, and they're going to see a record number of black souls in St. George's Chapel on that particular day with celebrations and ululations. And when it's all said and done, the church going to say, amen. <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to Chantel. Um, yeah, because that was the black royal wedding, girl. Uh, so that's all I got for today. Make sure you hit me up on the social medias. Or you can give you know, give me a quick hello in an uh, email on either of those places. You can find me on Twitter and IG at Sussex Squad. The podcast IG is Sussex Set at Sussex Set. But uh, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. I got some things in store for y'all over there. You know what I'm saying? Content you won't find on the podcast, obviously. But um, make sure you hit me up over there. Thank you guys for the community that you guys have over there. Um, and always engaging. I kind of look for that because uh, I want to. I kind of really want to know what you guys are thinking um, about anything that I do put out anyway. So uh, make sure you hop on over to iTunes, please, and drop your girl a five star rating. You know what I'm saying? If you don't mind, that helps people find the show that might be looking for something like that. And I think a review would help. But um, Sussex Squad, you know, y'all are phenomenal, both individually and collectively. And if nobody told you today, girl. Your presence matters. Keep shining your light. And that's it. Peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me.